Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Hey guys, welcome to Elijah Fire. Today is February 12th, 2024, and it is episode 387. I am so excited to be with you guys today. If you don't know me, my name is Illumination. I am the producer of Elijah Fire, and I am filling in for Jeff today. He is still a little bit under the weather. He's been under the weather since Friday, and his voice is very grainy and gravelly. And so we made the decision today to have me host so you can have crisp, clear voice. So just be uh, just be praying for him and that he gets better quickly. Um, and yeah, we just, Lord, we just release healing over Jeff and his vocal cords and that he just gets complete healing and is able to talk uh, for the rest of the week. So welcome to Elijah Fire. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Um, I'm so excited to interview our guests today, Clay and Grace. But before I do that, I want to let you know that you can support Elijah Fire by uh, going to ElijahStreams.com slash donate. All, all those proceeds go to support us five days a week on all of our streaming platforms. So we're going to play a well spot for you and we'll get going with the episode. Water is an essential to life. What if it just disappeared? In Uganda, many don't have access to clean, safe water. Every 15 seconds, a child dies from water-related diseases. Together, we will change that by continuing to provide clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Thank you so much for your donations, you guys. Your support means so much to us, and I honestly consider it an honor to work for ministry where we can do the show for you guys, but also fund water wells in Uganda and give fresh water to people who don't have it. It's such a thing we take for granted here in the States. I think there's a lot of things in the States that we take for granted. There's the advantages we have and how blessed God has made our country, even though things I know are hard right now for a lot of people, um, but we are truly, truly blessed. So thank you guys for your support. We so, so appreciate it. But Okay, without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce Clay and Grace. And though I am so excited to just finally get to sit and talk with them. I missed Clay's first episode with us, and I listened to it while I was traveling from the holidays. And guys, he has such a great heart, and I'm so excited to also meet his wife, Grace Enloe. And last name should be familiar to you guys. She is Justice's sister and Johnny Enloe's daughter. So let's give it up for Clay and Grace. Hey, guys. What is up? Hi. Yeah, it is so good to see you guys and actually meet you this time in person because I missed I missed you guys. So well I miss Clay. So this is my first time I'm meeting Grace as well. So it's cool that I get you both at both in one go. We're so happy to be here. Oh yeah, we're pumped. Awesome. Awesome. So we called this, I titled this episode Our Marriage Story. And we're gonna be talking a lot about how you guys met and all of that. And we're gonna get into that a little bit later. But Grace, I really wanted um, you to introduce yourself because I know you have a quite a great testimony about like in your bio it says like you dealt with chronic illness and like your journey with God through that process so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself tell a little bit about what you do with Restore 7 and yeah yes so I am technically the executive assistant at Restore 7 and I mean growing up Johnny and Elizabeth's daughter, I feel like I've always been a part of the ministry, even when I wasn't working mm-hmm. for them. Um, so my job description is very broad and I just love to be a part of what they do in some type of way. So that's mostly with admin stuff. And I do some stuff with social media as well, which is super fun. Um, you're correct. I have had a long journey with chronic illness. Um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease years ago mm-hmm. and other Um, issues from the Lyme disease, like MCAS. I'm sure a lot of people have struggled with chronic illness too, as we see it a lot more frequently now. Um, So I do, honestly, I feel like my journey with chronic illness definitely influenced our story and Mm -hmm. just how God spoke to us individually and how that um, really us coming together, being part of the miracle that God did in Clay's life and in my life. Um, so that has been where 
I have come from just a long history with chronic illness, um, but I've been super excited to still be able to work and be a part of Restore 7 in the midst of that journey. Awesome. Awesome. And so like what, um, what has God fully brought you out of that or like has that gotten completely healed or are you still kind of in the process of, of dealing with that now? I'm definitely still on a healing journey, um, but I've seen a lot of progress and I have learned so, so much and come mm. super far. There was a time when I was bed bound, like couldn't work at all, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't really drive a car, like just, I've come from being super, super sick. So you, I'm definitely not a hundred percent, but you could say that I have really progressed in my healing journey. That's so awesome. So you yeah. said that your healing journal also ties into how you and Clay, like how your relationship is kind of built. Do you want to like, get, just like go ahead and dive into how you guys met, kind of your background, yeah. like your different backgrounds, all, all that stuff. Yeah. So for me, um, like I said, I, it started with my work with Restore 7 um, and my parents decided that they wanted to start leading a tour to Israel as part of the ministry. And at the time, I was still pretty sick to the point where I, I was a part of working for them, but just in whatever I could bring to the table because I was still so low energy and in bed most days. So when they proposed the Israel trip, I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it to the trip because I was just feeling so sick. And I was like, we're walking around in the hot sun all day, like mm -hmm. on our that was a really big deal for me. Um, and I told my parents, I was like, I don't know if I can make this trip. Like, I really want to go. It's an absolute dream of mine, but I don't know if I can do it. And I prayed about it. And my parents both really felt like there was something for me there. And I felt like it. So I just went against what my body was telling me. And, and I went on the trip. Um, but my focus going on the Israel trip was very much, I was kind of like in a bubble of I wasn't really worried about the group on the trip. I was more thinking like, I just need to survive and I just need to make it through the trip. I wasn't thinking big picture at all. Um, but that God just surprised me in the most insane, incredible ways, which is really where your story kind of picks up yeah. your, your background leading it to the Israel trip. Yeah. I mean, so try and tie it in best I can. I know I, I went over a majority of it as far as my background before the Israel trip, but I, well, I don't know how to tie that in as well, but I like, essentially I didn't walk with the Lord at all. Like I always knew he was there. I grew up in a Christian home, but I was really bored with Christianity. So I did the whole, you know, let's try drinking at age 14 or whatever. And then I got drugs and doing all the all the poor television shows and movies uh kind of festivities all those stereotypes about you know high school uh you know football drinking and all that stuff and then carried into college um which i started getting into really bad stuff as far as really bad addictions and started waking up on the side of highways kind of bad and then you know my parents had followed um, Johnny and Elizabeth for some time and they saw the announcement for, you know, the Israel trip. And naturally they were just like, Oh, you know, maybe we'll just go. And then there were a series of really cool events um, where it didn't make, make sense financially for them to take our whole family. They were just, they felt very strongly from the Lord. They're like, no, you got to at least take, you know, some of your family. Yeah. So me and three of my brothers got to go. And of course, you know, even the state, I was in, I was like, dude, a free trip internationally. Like, come on, I'm not turning that. Why down. not? Come on. So we were there in very different frames of mind. Yeah. So here's the kicker though, is because I am now coming off of all these drugs. Like I'm uh, what well, what's, what's the word for it? I'm having withdrawals yeah. from, you oh, know, nicotine and uh, various stimulants and whatnot. So I'm in a horrible, like, I feel terrible. I, we flew in on a red eye and I'm just like, wow, this sucks. And on one of the first days we went to this miserably hot location. Like it was really cool, but it was, it was so hot outside. And we like walking out of these silos 
And me, I'm dying. Like I'm sweating profusely and I'm just like, oh my gosh, my body hates me right now. And then Grace is also in a similar state coming out of the silos because she has, you know, the things that she's dealing with. And I'm just like, I'm embarrassed because I'm, you know, I'm this 20 year old kid. I should be in awesome shape. I can handle all this. And here's this really pretty girl who's also struggling. And that was the first time I remember us having an interaction. And I was just like, are you good? And she was like, yeah, are you good? And anyway, that was the lead up to our first interaction. But um, as time went on, um, on that trip, you know, first off, it was just earth shattering from someone who has grown up in the church, but didn't necessarily take to heart the belief systems of, you know, the miraculous and the supernatural aspects of walking out relationship with the Lord. And so me and my brother who we were living in a similar lifestyle really started to just be like, yo, this Bible stuff is real. Like we're going to these significant biblical historical sites and we're actually experiencing the sensation of there's like, there's something more than what meets the eye here. Um, And, you know, we started interacting with Grace, um, her sister Justice and a couple Mm -hmm. of their cousins are kind of the only other people that are in our age group on that trip. So we started chatting them up. We all became best friends. And one of the most empowering things that I took, it, it probably is the most, thing I took away from that trip besides the obvious supernatural encounters that I experienced. But um, me and my brother, we we had a bad taste in our mouth from the church and just the body of Christianity as a whole, because we had really judgmental experiences with them where it was like, while wow, we're walking in this life of sin and, you know, not partnering with the Lord, we were seen as, you know, lesser individuals or um, not worth the time of people trying to teach and, you know, the body of Christ or whatever that all except my parents who were just relentless in their pursuit of trying to, you As know, get us of course, but that's exactly it. You know, you hear from your parents and it somehow carries less weight if you don't give, you know, their word as much value as you mm-hmm. should, as I learned the hard way, you should value what your parents say if they, you know, walk a good relationship with the Lord and, you know, the fruit of their life showed that sidetracked. Um, but Grace and Justice specifically um, were these beautiful girls um, that were very clearly like pure of heart. They didn't do any of the stuff that me and my brother did. You know, they were helping lead this super significant trip. Um, and there was something about the way that they talked to us and they interact interacted with us where it was just so off brand for the typical you know, Christian um, family to be interacting with us. They talked to us like we were, you know, equal to them and we held the same value and we weren't being judged for going to every bar along the way that we decided to go to and, you know, see how many shots we could afford with our shekels and, and, and in Israel. And so that was the start of us being like, you know, there's, there's something really legitimate about what these girls carry. Um, and so that's where our friendship kind of progressed. Do you want to kind of give your perspective as to how you were able to perceive me that way? Because that's pretty significant. Yeah. I was definitely going to ask about that. Like, what was it, what was it like for you? Was that, was the way you were, I guess, like, for lack of a better word, ministering to them, like, was that something that was like taught to you and ingrained in you, like from when you were a kid is like, this is how we view people. This is how we view non-Christians. Or was that something that you had to like intentionally be like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it from this way. Yeah. So I think because we had such unique backgrounds, I grew up much more, I was homeschooled. I was a a lot more sheltered. Um, Yeah. I, I grew up very much like a goody good type of Christian girl and not it's just what happened like not because I was trying mm-hmm. to be that way but I'm I'm super grateful that I was raised in that environment and that my parents protected us and gave us that shelf to stand on if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so being around them 
first of all, I think it definitely got me out of my bubble of survival that I had felt like I was in to interact with other people because I was so struggling in my health journey at that point and honestly dealing with some depression and hopelessness that being around them, <clears throat> we could all see immediately that God was doing something specifically in him and his brother during the trip. And it kind of shook me out of my church life where you can kind of get like desensitized to things that make sense, right. things happening in the church with believers. But when you see something so real and raw going on in someone else's life that you don't even know, you want to be a part of it. You want to help steward it. And you also are just watching God work. Especially when they don't have a grasp as to what really is happening. Yeah. And for me, I didn't even think of it in terms of ministering to them. I just saw these amazing character quality traits in both of them. And I could also see that they were definitely going through some stuff. They were struggling with different types of addictions and partying like that was obvious. But the things that I quickly noticed about them were like in the context of Clay, how kind and patient and sensitive. And he just had this like sweet tenderness to him that it felt like the other stuff he was kind of putting on a mask, like it wasn't really him. And so I just looked at those quality traits in him and I celebrated those and acknowledged those just because I was like, those are worth celebrating and nobody's treating him like the man that he is. And same with his brother. And I think that that really resonated with you. You were saying how like it made you feel like you were called to a higher standard than your friends had called you to. Totally. And that's, I, I also want to come back to it later. The, the aspect of, you know, seeing these traits underneath this mask or whatever, and then really calling that out um, because we both believe that's rooted in the prophetic, but we can go in, into that in a second. Oh, yeah. But um, when it comes to, you know, how it affected me, the way that they were treating me, it's, it's simple. If you're in a, if you're in a rhythm of behaving a certain way and you're surrounded by, you know, reinforcement from your friends, your community as to that being a normal thing for you, then obviously you see no need to shift. You don't know there's a better option. You, you think that's just kind of the way things are for you. Like that's part of who you are. When they interacted with us and they, you know, spoke to us that kind of gave us this feeling of, you know, they, they think we're better people than I think I am. Um, and, you know, being around that environment, it not only elevates you to kind of, you know, step into that identity. Um, well, that's actually the main aspect of it. Yeah, it just, it it leverages you to just be like, you know, they see something that I didn't necessarily see in myself, but the more that they treat me that way, the more it feels like, like, right. Like that's, you know, the version of me that I'm actually called to be. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, you know, we weren't oblivious to life in the church and things of the Bible. Um, but the more that we hung out with, you know, that group, we were just like, this seems like the kind of way that, you know, the Lord would treat us. Like we're worthy than more. We're worthy of more than our actions suggest. Cause you know, the Lord isn't going to, in our, in our eyes, we didn't think the Lord would, you know, pay favor to someone who's going and, you know, ripping shots um, at the hotel every night. And, you know, they just didn't, they didn't abide by those laws. And I was like, there's something actually really genuine about this. And there's something that is giving us that sense of true identity and who we are. And that coupled again with these amazing things happening, like people getting healed on this trip. We didn't see that happening casually ever. Um, and, you know, yeah, that's the answer that's, to that. But. Oh yeah. That's so awesome. So it's almost, it's almost like, not that, not that you and your injustice, Grace, not that you guys were ignoring, you know, the issues, but it's almost just like, like you were saying with like the prophetic calling out the golden people, like speaking truth over them in a way that's like, oh, I can actually grab onto this now. And this is who I would, who I, who I know I am, but also in the process of like, I'm developing to be this person, or this is who I would like to be. I think that's so key for people who are like ministering to maybe unsaved friends or, um, family members just to continue to speak truth over them constantly so that they like it feels like 
it's something that they could they could be, you know. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Yes, I, something that's always stuck out to me is that scripture. It's the kindness of God that leads us to mm-hmm. repentance. And I think that's so important. And I've, I've experienced that myself. I respond so much more strongly to kindness and love and someone believing in me, it makes me want to rise to the occasion rather than someone picking apart my life or feeling like they have to come down really strong about something. Um, So I just wanted to lead the friendships we were making with love in the same way that he is now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, as, as the subject of someone who, you know, kind of was saved through that process, if you could say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking to people who want to, you know, disciple people or have that sort of influence on, let's say one of your close friends, you know, has been led astray and, you know, they're doing the party life or whatever. Um, you know, the best way that you're ever going to reach that person isn't by just calling out the bad things. They... I would venture to say 99% of them know that they're not great habits. Um, and that's, they definitely don't want to hear that. Most of the time they struggle with shame about it. Yeah. hundred percent was my case. So, you know, being able to exactly call out the gold and the personal prophetic, I think there's nothing more vital than, and it's really easy for someone who walks with the Holy spirit within the first like 10 seconds of interacting with someone I can always see, you know, the thing that God values about that person's character, at least one aspect of it. And just the way that they talk, the way that they carry themselves or something, you can kind of pick up on. You're just like, wow, that thing, whatever it is, is extra special about that person. And I need not I need to. But you feel kind of drawn to making that known to them, because not only is that super encouraging for them, but it also draws out that thing that you know, God put in them that makes them special. And when they know that, like I said, for me, it elevates them to step into that identity that the Lord put in there. Because I mean, some people are naturally that cool, like you're naturally that cool. But most of the time, it's because God put it there, you know, and beyond just you being born that way, you know, that's, yeah. Right. I'm going to take us on a little bit of a tangent because I really liked what you said about like within 10 seconds of meeting somebody, I have something that I can say over them. How, because I know people in the audience who are newer to the prophetic, how do you get there? Like, I would love for both of you to take a shot at that question. Like, how do you get to that place of where you're like that in tune to what God is saying over somebody? You've been doing it way longer than me. So, (laughs) I honestly think prophecy in its simplest form and in the form that it's meant for like the whole body of Christ is just highlighting the good in someone. It's calling out the gold in them. And all of us have the ability to look at someone and be like, you know, I see that you're really good in this area of life or like you're really responsible or you're, I feel like you would actually make a really incredible leader and just, just noticing things about them. And the same way that Jesus noticed things about each of the disciples and slowly and subtly developed those things in them just by calling them out. Um, So I think it's as simple as the Holy Spirit works in you. And when you notice something amazing about someone, that's the Holy Spirit highlighting that to you and just pointing it out. And the more you do it, the more it grows, the more obvious it is, the more easily it comes to you. Yeah. Hundred awesome. percent. Yeah, I. For for me, I was expecting because after you know I had that experience in Israel, I went to ministry school where we're you know learning these things more practically and talking about the prophetic. For me, I'm thinking you know all of these kids here are just hearing the audible voice of God, like these super divine words of encouragement to right. people, and. You know, it took me a while to kind of grasp the the idea, but it just becomes you're so intentionally being like, hey, Lord, I want to walk with you. I kind of want I, I, I want to step into what it means to be fully filled with your Holy Spirit. Like we are one. We are perfectly united. Like, you know, we are co-laborers with Christ, that kind of thing. It becomes a part of you. Like it's it's not this, you know 
maybe may for some of y'all, it's a more divine thought and you get these audible voice kind of things. But for me, it's the sensation of like, oh man, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like much more of a- Like an love. intuition, oh, like a hunch. Exactly. Yeah. It's just this intuition of like goodness and love towards that person. And you yeah. can identify that versus a judgment, obviously. You could right. say either I can pick up on this person likes to talk way too much and doesn't listen to people. <laughs> or you could be like, wow, you really like, you're just such a gifted communicator. One is a very judgmental thing to say. And the other one is, you know, you're highlighting the good aspect that you feel like the Lord instilled in that attribute about them. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of like, it's almost like speaking the opposite over things. I feel like it's kind of what you're getting at too, is like, if you notice a negative trait, like, okay, God's always speaking the opposite, opposite of what the enemy's intending. So, um, just always saying like, oh yeah, if you are kind of, if you talk too much, I don't know if really there's a thing, but, but you just say, Hey, you're just really good at communicating, you know, at just calling out. I really think there's value in prophesying the opposite almost, or like at least, um, calling out what the opposite of like, maybe the enemy, the trait that the enemy is kind of like, uh, corrupting pot, I think is the right word. Um, totally. yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And being in ministry school as well, cause I went to BSSM as as well as uh, Clay did. I think he mentioned that in his last episode, but um, yeah, sometimes it's not, it's not audible and you just kind of have to go with your gut. So don't, don't freak out if it's like, don't feel bad if you're not hearing like an audible, like voice telling you say this to somebody. Cause most of the time that's not how it works. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever the awesome. love would sound like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's the simplest thing is what would love say to this person? And mm -hmm. God is love, so close enough. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. I really love that. What does love say? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. So you guys met. You started like chatting, and you guys obviously maintained a friendship after the trip. So what was that process like? After you. So um, while we were still on the trip, do you actually? I feel like your baptism moment was kind of significant and yeah i mean it's really hard to put to words um that aspect of the trip so i'll just try and make it brief but essentially while we were on the trip um there was this really cool moment we we pulled up to the jordan river and they were like hey everyone's gonna get a chance to get baptized if you want to do that um and my parents were like oh would y'all be interested in that and instantly i'm just like that's a bucket list item are you kidding me getting baptized in the same river as jesus come on so yeah, I was ready for that. And my brother was actually having this, you know, incredible moment where he was like, you, you could tell he goes, I just feel different. Like, I don't, he's like kind of trembling a little bit and he's just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And sorry, you're going to, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and basically I was just like, man, like, why am I not, you know, having that kind of sensation, you know, is he feeling God and I can't do that or whatever. Anyway. So I brought that to my mom and I was just told her exactly that. And she goes, you know what, sometimes you just got to have faith that, you know, doing that act is going to, um, you know, trigger something much more powerful and, you know, you can't just live off of that sensation. So I was like, all right, I'll just, I'm gonna do it. And I got baptized by Johnny and, you know, coming out of the water, I just felt significantly different. Like I just felt mm -hmm. so, I don't know if free is the right word because people are probably, you're not going to know what I mean when I say, oh, I came out of the water and I felt so free or lighter. Right. Okay, dude. But, you did say when you came out of the water, I feel like I'm 50 pounds lighter. Yeah. Yeah. It was Crazy. just this, it was, it was something that, I could easily point out is if I took away anything from this trip, that was not normal. That was supernatural, whatever you want to call it. That was, that was God. That was not normal. So I kind of took that and ran with it because from then on out, I was so much more open um, to the teachings that Johnny and Elizabeth were giving on the trip. I started taking everything extra seriously. Cause I was like, this stuff is real now. Um, and so I, my brother and I started feeling a little safer having those more, you know, um, 
I don't know if vulnerable is the right word, but like much more deeper questions and um, asking, you know, grace and justice and stuff and having those conversations about what we believe or don't believe. And um, that just made it go so much further, that experience. And so after that, Grace and I, of course, we kept in touch. And um, ultimately, you know, she had done ministry school. Um, My brother and I had never had ministry school on our grid, but we were both kind of in a pausing point. My brother had just graduated from college and I was, you know, taking a fun year for uh, lack of a better word. And so she basically was, you know, yeah, exactly. And so she had really shared, you know, the, the impact that ministry school had for her. And I'm just thinking, you know, we're not going to get in given our resume, but um, by the grace of God and the connections that grace had with, some people in leadership over there as well as her dad, we, uh, we got in and, you know, if there was anything that you really taught me going into that, it was that I needed to have that kind of community around me to help nourish this experience that I had in Israel, because coming right back, you know, I went back to my same apartment with my same roommate, with my same group of friends where I was doing, you know, all the same stuff. Um, but I had much more conviction about it. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I don't want to be here. And so one miracle after the other, getting into ministry school. Um, and then the Lord shortened my my lease term at that apartment. And we we left like three months earlier than the lease was supposed to last. So that was awesome. And then every time that I was talking with Grace, um, I think we were Snapchatting at the time which is hilarious in itself because i was just that kind of guy um but we would snap and i would always want to like check myself before i ever communicated with grace in any way because i felt like i needed to be that higher caliber man whenever i'm interacting with grace because she just had such a strong like together influence um about her and yeah. So, I mean, going into, you know, ministry school, our friendship, what was, you want to share your side of it a little more? Well, just quick backtrack back to your baptism. Um, mm-hmm. So me watching this, I prayed for both of them before they went Sorry. into the water and got baptized. And it so shifted my focus from like, I'm surviving, I'm waiting for God to heal me or something to happen to watching a whole other miracle happened with the two of them because it was very obvious to everyone when they showed up on the trip, like they didn't care about the reason for being there and they were just having a good time and God just went after them. So watching that happen and then praying for both of them, I just felt so drawn to them. And I was just like, I don't know why I've never felt like this, but I just know I'm supposed to be in Clay's life. Like I, it wasn't any type of crush feeling or like I wasn't there yet in my heart at all, but I just felt this sense of like, you know, we just have like a gut feeling like I'm just supposed to be in his life right now. And I don't know why. So we stayed in touch after the trip, we exchanged contact details and we became close friends really quickly just because one thing I'll add when we visited the garden tomb specifically, I had a exchange with the Lord. Um, and the garden tomb is one of two disputed locations of where Jesus Jesus's tomb was. Um, neither one is confirmed, but the garden tomb is always really special to me when we visit it. And I just always feel the craziest presence of God there. And I, I mean, I've been attested that being there too. It's like when we're in the tomb, because they let you into the tomb area and you're just like, we just stood there all quiet. And it's like, it's almost just like this weightiness kind of settles there. Yes. And I'm almost like, how could this not be the place? Because it just felt so like real. I don't know how else to describe it, but yeah, I, I can definitely attest exactly. to what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was there and I just remember having a moment where we were in silence like that and I was standing there and I just like, Lord, I want to see the same resurrection power that Rosie from the grave. I want to see it, a miracle happen. Like, I just want to see something transformed. I want to see life come back into something and kind of in my 
limited, more looking at my personal story, I was like, maybe God will heal me. Maybe something like that will happen. But I just really wanted to see. I just remember praying and asking the Lord, like this power is here right now. I want to see it. And I did see it play out in Clay's life in the craziest way. And it's like God gave me a front row seat to be a part of it. Um, And that was the first time I'd really seen someone like night and day shift to not really wanting to have anything to do with God to I am completely turning my life around and God is showing up in every single place. And just to see that happen for someone like me who grew up in the church and didn't have like a crazy testimony. um, It was just really something I'd never gotten to experience before. And where were we at in our, we started going to ministry school. Oh yeah. You helped me make that decision. I mean, I think you could probably talk about this better, but part of transforming and changing your life, I I know Chris Ballatin says this. I don't know if this if someone else said the quote first, yeah. but show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah, it's yeah, he says so, that a lot. So real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was like such a big deal for you to be around a community of people who were speaking life into you and treating you like you're a child of God and relentlessly. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Cause me and my brother both went together and awesome. both of us had the same exact sensation for the first couple weeks being there where we're just kind of like, we don't belong here. You know, there's all these kids that are already pastors at their church and, or have grown up pastors, kids their whole lives. And they know the, the Bible inside and out. And me and my brother just go there and we're just like, we got this really cool story. And, you know, we uh, we know it was the Lord. So we're here to, I guess, pursue him further. Um, and I mean, in that in the atmosphere um, where you surround yourself with a community of people who are all on the same wavelength as far as, you know, valuing relationship with the Lord and speaking life into people and encouraging people and whatnot. It is darn near impossible not to just step into that God-given identity, um, that form yeah, you of really you really gotta fight it if you don't yeah. want to go there. Yeah, totally. Which I did. I had a lot of shame hanging around. You know, I had a little bit of that imposter syndrome where it's like, you know, I don't belong in this group because you know, just like a month ago, I'm doing all these bad things, um, but. Yeah, it it really goes so far, um, that whole, you know, the saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Because within just a couple of weeks, my brother and I were just transformed in the way that we in the way that we thought. Um, I got radically saved from a lot of addictions that I had going into it. Um, And ultimately, I just fell head over heels for the Lord and you know, pursuing that version of myself and like reaching that version of myself that he created me to be. And the fact that all it took was just spending as much intentional time with him as possible and listening to all these other people that, you know, have that same value. Um, it was, I mean, it's, it was paramount. And Grace was number one on that list of people that I would just um, revert back to because I knew she was a safe person she was a person I could trust to always speak into the version of me that the Lord was calling me to be. Um, and so that's where we, we took it from being, you know, just acquaintances from that cool trip to being, I mean, I'd say we were pretty much best friends because, um, she wasn't living in the area. Um, but we would, we would talk on the phone probably how often, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone everyone around us was like, oh, they they love each other. You know, they're they're totally not just friends, all that stuff, you know. Oh yeah. I'd love to hear yeah. actually your uh your take on that area as it progressed. Um, so I we still fight about this, but I got feelings for Clay first. And for me, I think it was really intentional of the Lord and significant the way it all unfolded because I had protected my heart for so long leading up to that. Clay was my first boyfriend. I Like when I say I grew up sheltered, I did, but 
I also intentionally, I mean, I dated other people, but I just knew what I was holding out for. And I knew my relationship with the Lord, my exchange with the Lord about who I wanted to marry. Like one, I wanted to date to marry and two, Mm -hmm. like I was just waiting for a particular kind of man that I felt like complimented me and had certain qualities exactly like him. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Um, so when I realized that Clay was like that guy and he was also fully walking with the Lord, we had the same core values, the same interests. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to kind of have a war with myself. Like, okay, can we go this direction after being just friends for like a year felt Mm -hmm. super risky and I felt really afraid to put my heart on the line because there was no one that I ever cared about this much at this point in my life and I feel like probably a lot of people can relate to when you're having communication with God about something that your feelings are really invested in it's hard to know if you're hearing the Lord versus it's just something you really want and how to know friends and you can attach a lot of hope Rather than putting your hope in God, you're attaching your hope to the thing that you want to happen. And you don't want, if it doesn't happen, you don't want to feel disappointed in God because of it or think that he led you down a path that can get really confusing. Um, So for me, I went through a huge journey of learning. Trusting in God isn't just hoping you can hope for an outcome that you want, but trusting in God is ultimately knowing that it's going to be okay no matter what and believing that God has your back no matter what. And even if Clay wasn't the guy for me or if he broke my heart or if something bad happened, knowing that God would make sure it's all okay no matter what. Like that's ultimately what trust trusting in God is, is knowing you're going to be okay no matter what because God is with you. Right. And so yeah. that led to the point where, long story short, we bridged the gap. Um, I went to go visit him, and God gave you, what, like three dreams or something the week I visited that finally <clears throat> made you get to the point where you believe that we could have a shot at dating. Because at the same time as me processing my trust and belief that God was in this process with me, you were also feeling like you weren't worthy of being in a relationship with somebody like me. And it was the mm-hmm. identity issue for you. Mm-hmm. So it definitely took God <laughs> getting your attention yeah. to want to like risk our friendship and risk being rejected. Right. Yeah. yeah. She was visiting um, one of the times cause she had some friends that were in that area. So she came and I was under the impression she was visiting for them not for me. And so it was like, oh, if we catch each other, you know, while you're in town, that's great. And so we hung out, I think a couple of times when you visited. And one of the last um, days she was there, we hung out from like, uh, probably like 4, 4 p.m. to like 11 o'clock at night. And we were just talking the whole time in my living room. And you know, she leaves, we go to, I go to sleep. And the next morning I told my brother, I was like, dude, I had this like wild dream um, where I was like in love with Grace. And he goes, bro, I've been telling you, like you are in love with her. This is not news to anyone over here. When, it's like your friends and your friends and people close to you always know, like they just yeah. call it out. Like it no, was obvious, like, yeah. Which I get it. You know, we, we, talked on the phone all the time. She's beautiful. I would be dumb not to have feelings for her. But it was one of those things where I was so invested with like bettering myself that I didn't want to entertain anything that could be a distraction. Um, And it probably wasn't right to view that as a distraction because, you know, union with someone is obviously great. But I didn't think that I had what it took like uh, at I wouldn't be at the same caliber as her, you know, she would be up here and I would be down here trying to catch up to how incredible she right. was, uh, right. which was a lie from the enemy, by the way, for anyone else who thinks that way. Um, yeah. Well, so- it's something you've brought up a couple of times and I do want to touch on like the imposter syndrome of that. Like what was your process getting out of imposter syndrome? Like one, 
being a new believer and not feeling like, you know, you're in ministry school and you're like, what the heck am I doing here with all these crazy people? Because I, I get that, like, yeah. totally get that. And then also in your relationship with Grace, like having that imposter syndrome as well as like, God, I don't even deserve this. Those sorts of sucks. So like, how did you how do you process through all that? Yeah, that's a really great question because I don't know if I have a perfect answer. It was a very drawn out process. Um, I honestly, the the route I took, what was a beautiful thing about actually feeling that way, that imposter syndrome, is you default to humility. Whether it's the pure form of humility where you're just like, I need to just be thinking about what the Lord can, can do, um, who he is, and think less about myself. I did it the unhealthy way where, you know, they say humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I had a lot of shame riding on me. So I was thinking, you know, less of myself. And finally, you just, after spending hours and hours of intentional time, like I would every night I would. Um, when my roommates would go to bed, I would just be in the living room. I'd turn on some sort of worship music in the dark and I would just like lay there and I would just be like, this is my, you know, I just need to hear from the Lord, me and him, no one else, no one else teaching, influencing, whatever. I just need me and him. And over time, I just felt it, it's a kind of sensation of feeling loved that you can't fabricate. You, it's not, you're not making up good thoughts about yourself. While that may be cool, if you can do that, this was not that. Over over the span of a year, I finally was just like, he loves me so far beyond anything I can ever comprehend. Um, and just having the revelation of this is the end-all, be-all of life. Love himself is just sold everything out for me just to have relationship with me. I was like, if he can't build me into that version of me that is worthy of someone like grace or worthy of, you know, being at a school around a bunch of Bible scholars and all that, um, I'm absolutely not doing him justice and I'm not seeing him rightly. And so over time, um, grace actor was just teaching me about this not long ago, her own revelation of it, but I think it was a sense, a sense of fear of the Lord where it was just like, if I think that he can't do a work that big in me where he transforms me in a span of a few months, then I'm not believing, you know, who he is to his full degree. Right. Because if you're saying that God can't transform a person in a month, you're limiting him and you can't do that. So I think I finally was just like, no, what he did in me is real. I am this version of myself. Now I am someone that, you know, Grace can trust me with her heart. I can trust myself with a woman like that. Um, and so then shortly after having that revelation, I had that dream where I just, when I came out of it, it was like I felt permission to let all the feelings I had harbored around this girl, um, I allowed myself to feel them. And I just was like, I, there, there's no one else on this planet that can have my attention except her. And so I think I sat with that for a whole like four hours before I was like, hey, we should get together for dinner. And then I took her out to dinner and I was like trembling at the dinner table. I was so terrified because mind you, it had been like it had probably been a couple years now since I had dated a girl or talked to a girl with any intention of like seriousness. I hadn't done that in the past. It was all you know, casual. So I was like horrified. And at the dinner table, I finally just let it out. I was like, um, I'm not sure what to do with this, but I have feelings for you. And then, you know, yeah, it, it's time for you to take over with how you received this on your end. I mean, because I had had my own experience with the Lord that week, holding out hope that this was going to be the week that we either like establish we're going to start a relationship or I need to move on in life and just be friends. Mm -hmm. um, and that was our last hangout before I was leaving that week. So he really waited until the last final hour. But as he asked me, I 
had already felt so much peace about it. And I think I had already told my mom at that point that I was going to marry him. Like I just, like I said, I was in my, my process of trusting the Lord and what I felt like God had told me at that point was it was okay to hope. Like I felt permission to hope about it. Um, And I want to speak to some other people. I know a lot of my girlfriends have felt at different times, like they weren't sure if it was okay to get their hopes up about a relationship or a job or just something in life, like to believe that God had something better for them. And I've seen people settle out of fear of disappointment or fear of God not being faithful to them or the circumstance not coming through the way they wanted it to come through. Um, And I think a lot of times in life, we shortcut what God has promised us because we all hear God's voice on something, but then doubt it and then try and shortcut our own version of that. And um, like, I think Abraham and Sarah, when God promised Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants as many as the stars. And he believed God when he told him that, but then a little bit later, he he started panicking. He's like, well, Sarah can't have kids. We need to figure out how we're going to make this happen. And he tried to shortcut God's promise to him by making it happen in his own way. And it wasn't what God had intended for him. It was a different path. And God is still faithful to reroute us when we go down those paths, just like a GPS. But all that to say, I went out on a limb and I said, Lord, I think it's okay for me to get my hopes up this week. And as soon as the dinner started and I felt him shaking and nervous, I knew I was like, he's going to tell me that he likes me and we're going to start dating and we're going to live happily ever after. That's (laughs) amazing. So that's a long way of saying I went on a journey of trust with the Lord and choosing to get my hopes up when I felt scared to and it paid off. But also knowing on the other end of that, if it hadn't, have paid off if clay wasn't the guy for me i still would have been okay because god is so faithful no matter what yeah i think that's so important for a lot of singles such as myself to hear is like either way it pans out god still has your heart like he cares way more about your heart than than like than you do so i mean it just it's the faithfulness of god one to like have you and clay meet get together and then now you guys are married which i want to talk a little bit about that Uh, but i know we're kind of we're kind of getting to the end of our little spiel here, but, um, but how good of God to like, be like, either way, you're going to be fine. You know, yes. I think that's so, and just having that trust, cause that's so hard to develop. Um, once you get there, it's like, it's like, okay, God's got it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so now you guys are married. So we, you guys dated and then you guys got married. So like, how long have you guys been married and what's that been like? We've been married just yeah. over two years. Yeah. Um, and honestly, dating and marriage, had, it felt so, so easy and natural for us. I think just because we built such a strong foundation in our friendship, um, it just felt like yeah, really I mean, easy. Our entire relationship was built around, you know, connecting with the Lord and, you know, following what the Lord is doing um, in our friendship and our relationship and, and me and in her. And so, I mean, dating was... I mean, for, I'm sorry if this is a bummer to some people. It was so easy because, I mean, we just, I don't know. We were, it, it was a little annoying in, in some sense because, you know, you're, you know, in the Christian bubble, everyone really harps on, you know, boundaries and like, don't mess up and, you know, don't do this and guard the other person's heart. I was like, dude, I am obsessed with this girl. I'm absolutely going to guard her heart. I'm not going to, that's like my number one fear is, you know, doing something that's going to uh, hurt her or or anything like that. So I, I don't know what, what was our real game plan um, going into dating? For one, as soon as we started dating, I knew we were going to get married because I jumped through hoops to start dating this girl. I met with her mentor um, actually while I was in school before I dated her. And he's just an extremely old fashioned guy and he's very serious and he loves grace so much. So he goes, you're going to go um, for one. He was, he was also very encouraging to me. He was hyping me up. He goes, dude, you're extremely good looking. You're not down here. She's not up here. Like y'all are good. Um, you're going to go, 
ask her parents for permission and you're going to go start dating her. And I was like, all right, sweet. So we started dating. Um, and yeah, I think we dated probably eight months before I proposed. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know. What was the transition from, you know, starting dating for us and then getting engaged from your side of things? Obviously we were I mean, in it together, but. I think that I, I want to make it clear that because it's felt easy for us in relationship doesn't mean if it's not easy for you that that's a bad thing. That's true. I think it's because of the crazy environments that we came from individually into marriage. What's really beautiful is me coming from my history of chronic health and that being so hard and so painful and also me being really scared to enter into relationship because I was afraid I was going to be a burden on someone that I wasn't going to be as much fun to be with as like a normal girl, a normal wife. Like I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer in our relationship and I didn't want him to feel like he had to take care of me. And then he's coming from his world of partying and um, alcohol abuse and stuff like that. So we both felt like we had things that we needed to heal from and things we wanted to protect from the other one. But I think overcoming those things in our friendship made the relational stuff when we started dating and getting married super easy and smooth. And what's so good of God is I feel like I've healed so much on an emotional side of things just because of clay. And that Mm -hmm. miracle that I prayed for in the garden tomb that ended up being his life and his brother's life and just their testimony rolled over into my life and has been continually a source of grace for me. Um, And I think it's really important to make sure that we don't confuse our personal life circumstances with God's faithfulness to us or God's goodness to us, because often the two contradict each other and believing that the goodness of God is the grace to get through the negative circumstances in life. Not that everything works out perfectly and you don't go through anything hard. So for me, I've been in my healing journey and it's been hard at times, but God gave me grace through clay and hope through clay. And really clay was so much of what I've needed to be able to start healing. Um, so I see that a lot roll over into our relational dynamic and the first two years of marriage and dating. And I think that's why it's felt so easy is because there were deeper issues that we had to work on from more serious life issues, like my health and his background. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. I love through your whole story and which is one of the things you were going to talk about was the Lord's faithfulness. And I really do feel like that's evident in your guys' story. Like that's such a good point to even leave off on is just how Lord just kind of put his hand over this relationship and obviously just been faithful to both of you guys. Um, and I just think that's super beautiful. So um, everybody who's listening to that as an encouragement, like the Lord doesn't just, you know, promise you things or like even get your hopes up and not and leave you hanging. Like he's going to be faithful with that. I don't know if you guys have something on that faithfulness piece you want to add just to wrap things up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could, I would like to say for me, because even from also a third party perspective, um, I know I've shared this a lot of times because my parents were extremely faithful to the Lord doing something in my life even though for however many straight years I was turned away from him. And then all in an instant, you know, all of their prayers came true. Everything that they had sown into me came to fruition. Um, So on that end, I also like sharing that as an encouragement to parents because I could, you know, I'm not a parent yet, so I can't know that the pain of interceding for something like that and watching it just not go the way that you want. Um, And then all the, all of a sudden it it came to be. So on that subject, there's that encouragement for the Lord being faithful. But then also for me, I mean, even once I had those really cool moments with the Lord, I was just in that fear of always playing catch up. And, and the Lord had just, I mean, accelerated so much because once, I mean, 
once you and him are one, which I mean, every time you you read about salvation in the Bible, it's not this long drawn out training ground process of you becoming a believer. It is an instantaneous you, Holy Spirit, the Lord, y'all are all boom, y'all are in one bundle. Mm-hmm. It's there's no separating it. You you can't separate it. So I mean, just he, and he is faithful to that promise. You know, there's obviously some practical disciplines you need to go through to hold on to that relationship. The same you do in a personal relationship. Like I can't go, you know, live somewhere else for 364 days out of the year and expect our relationship to be normal. Like you got to, right. but I mean, he was there all the days of my life. And then that moment I said, yes, Lord, it was, it was done. I mean, I became obsessed with, with that relationship. Um, and I mean, he's, if you haven't made that decision yet to fully believe that you and him are just a perfect union, the second you just say, I'm in Lord, um, then do it now. Cause you know, it'll make, it'll make all the, the rest of your life that much better and easier. So that's all I have to share. Yeah. My closing statement would be, what I've what I know to be true is if you give the Lord an inch in your life, he shows up like what he requires of us is like this much in comparison to how he shows up in your life and learning to trust God truly is a process. It starts with little risks, but then the more you get used to that feeling, the more you recognize his voice and you feel comfortable having hope and investing in trusting God with bigger things, scarier things. And you start to feel that confidence and reassurance and it becomes a natural part of your life. So that's what I would really want to encourage everyone with is just trusting in God's faithfulness and goodness. And when you open the door to invite him into any process in your life, he will show up and he will connect the dots for you, whether it's the way that you think it's going to go or not. It's almost always better than you think. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, that was like, so I loved this whole story. It was just so awesome just to hear how you guys like got together. It was just like, my, my heart was going like, oh, the whole time. <laughs> so yes, it was it was so, so good. So why don't you guys pray and, um, and then we'll kind of, we'll, cl- we'll close this thing up. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you so much for one, this, this privilege to be able to share what you've done in our lives. I mean, we we get to flaunt how amazing you are and the amazing things you've done for us. And we want nothing more than for you to just duplicate that and in everyone else's life listening. Um, and so we just come to you with the utmost thankfulness for your intervention in our lives, Lord, the way that you just, you stand by you and, and you endure our um I mean, just for for lack of a better word, Lord, just our ignorance sometimes to not turn to you and ask you what you want to do or what you're going to do because you are so faithful. You will get it done. Um, And so right now, I just ask that you would instill um, that faithfulness, Lord, in all of us, just just a fresh download um, of what we can believe you for and who you are, how good you are, how you are willing and able to do abundantly be of beyond and above there we go um anything that we can ask or think lord and so we just believe you for it right now we say yes we believe you lord and yes we have faith in you lord and nothing else and so yeah, i just i just bless everyone to receive that right now in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. thank you guys so much real quickly tell people how they can follow you oh yeah I need to do more social media because if you follow my Instagram, you'll probably be a little bored, but I'm on Instagram um, as Clay Marinas Enlo. Um, I think y'all tagged me in the, in one of y'all Instagram stories, but mm-hmm. yeah, Clay Marinas Enlo. Um, hers is just Grace Enlo and she's much more active than I am. She's got fun stuff for y'all to follow. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. It's That's just it. at Grace Enlo. Um, so you can find me easily. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all the links are in the description, you guys. Go check them out. Also, Clay has a show on Restore 7 TV, Change of Pace. 
which I have not listened to yet. I know, which is so bad, so bad for me, but I need to, I need to go do it. Go, so everybody, well, let's all go over there and listen to it. So make sure you catch that. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, tomorrow we will be back, or yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow is, wow, I'm like my brain with the schedule this week. It's Monday and I have Monday brain. Uh, but tomorrow, Tuesday, we will have Rayma Trainer back with us. We're going to be kind of continuing the conversation we had the last time she was on about um, just the church structure shifting. And we got into like a really cool conversation about sonship. And so I'm really excited to hear kind of more of what she's got to say surrounding that. So tune in tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern, and we'll see you then. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Today.